We're lost. Oh, sh David, what is that? I don't know. Come on. Come on, where? Anywhere. I think we should just keep moving. It's moving. It's circling us. Uh, What's the plan? Plan? Let's just keep walking. Let's ride a lovely stroll on the moors. Isn't this fun? It's in front of us. You think it's a dog? Oh, what is it? Yeah. It's a sheepdog or something. Come on, turn slowly. Let's walk away. Nice doggy. Good boy. Come on, Jack. Walk away. Walking away. Yes, here we are. Walking away. Do you see anything? No. Sounds far away. Not far enough. Come on. Jack! What? Where are we going? I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there. <laughs> Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Welcome to the final episode in the 2013 STL Oktoberfest. It's been a busy, busy, busy month, man. I seriously did not think I was going to have this many episodes up, but man, did I. And I am exhausted. Let me tell you, I think this is what, the seventh or eighth episode of October? Crazy. So needless to say, next month, I'm doing one episode. That's it. I'm done. All right. I need a break. So just so you guys know, I'm warning you ahead of time right now. Don't expect much next month. So, oh, but needless to say, I am super pumped for this episode. Brings us full circle. We started with the werewolf movie with Silver Bullet, and we end with the werewolf movie with American Werewolf in London. And I'm pretty excited. Most people consider this the greatest werewolf movie ever. We shall discuss this and a bunch of other fun things to talk about. But before we do, let's roll into some movie and video game news. Alright, so first up in movie news, and this is some fun news. The first one, let me address, is a rumor. Now, rumors are just that. They're rumors, but this is a fun one. I know there's no way that this is going to happen, but I think it's a fun rumor. Yesterday, they were teasing that at the end of Batman vs. Superman or Man of Steel 2, whatever the hell they decide they want to call this movie, that there's going to be 
an after credit sequence that features Stephen Amell, a.k.a. Arrow, from TV show Arrow, that would be on the CW, and on that in season two, they're introducing uh, the Flash, who's going to get his own spinoff show. That supposedly these two are going to be in the end credits. You know, the after credit sequence to set up Justice League. We know this is bull. It's not going to happen. But it's totally a fun rumor because I love me some Stephen Amell. This guy is amazing as Arrow. Arrow is such an awesome show. I love it. It's the show that I cannot wait for. There's two shows that I have to see instantly. That's Supernatural and Arrow. And... I know it's not going to happen, but it's a super fun rumor. Now, to kind of go alongside rumor and finally give me full confirmation, today was official confirmation that Dwayne Johnson is officially aboard Fast 7. Now, this is excellent news for me. As you know, I've been reporting a couple times that I said I'm not keeping my fingers crossed or my hopes up because he was filming Hercules. They've already been shooting Fast 7 for about a good four or five weeks now. So I was hoping that they would at least find some schedule to work him in. Today I saw the first picture of him and Vin Diesel on set together. It was a good time seeing those two together and just talking about the story. So as you know, this is the start of a new trilogy 7, 8, and 9 because... Uh, Lucas Black got signed on for the next three movies. This is supposed to be a new trilogy. So four, uh, four, five, and six was kind of a uh, first trilogy, and now this sets off a new one: seven, eight, and nine. So there you go. It's gonna be a good time. So I'm glad I have my boy Dwayne back, and that's all that I care about. So news that just broke today is Olympus has fallen, which I love that movie. It was so good. And I don't care if people trashed on it because you know what? It was awesome. But they are planning a sequel for this sucker. Can you believe that? The name of this movie is going to be called London Has Fallen. Uh, It's true. Gerard Butler is going to be in this film. And, you know, the movie originally, uh, Olympus Has Fallen, man, it racked in 160 million bucks worldwide. So it kind of makes sense. But um, they're going to have... Uh, Gerard Butler, Aaron Eckhart, and Morgan Freeman. All three of those guys are coming back. And production is supposed to start on May 5th, 2014. So I'm super pumped, man. Is this Die Hard in the White House Part 2? I have no idea. I don't care. I love the first movie. Give me a sequel. I'll watch it. Take my money now. It's all good. So other interesting movie news that has occurred and i'm gonna end movie news on this because this story is hilarious okay so i was watching jay leno the other night and terry cruz was on there now those of you who've seen the expendable movies you guys know who terry cruz is so uh there he says he just got done filming expendables 3 in bulgaria so him and jason statham are on this truck He's supposed to be on the back of the truck, and before filming, you know, he's all eating a smoothie and everything. So Jason Statham is driving this truck, and they're supposed to stop right before they get to the end of the Black Sea, and then they get out of their car, and they just start, you know, shooting things up. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Jason Statham's driving, and the car doesn't, the truck doesn't stop, and it goes off the cliff into the Black Sea. And at first, you think that... Terry Crews is in the vehicle with Jason Statham as it's underwater, but he's on top screaming, Jason, Jason, blah, blah, blah. So Jason Statham was in the truck underneath water, got out, and he survived the near-death experience. And Jay Leno was giving him crap like, 
You didn't survive a near-death experience. It was Jason Statham that did it. And it was just so funny. You definitely have to watch the video. Just type in uh, Jason Statham near-death experience or Terry Crews on Jay Leno recently. It's a hilarious story. So that's it, guys, for this edition of Movie News. I'm going to go ahead and save music news for next episode because good old Jameson's coming back. It's always fun when we talk movie and music news, especially talking the charts and stuff. The only thing that actually happened in actual news for music is Chris Brown got arrested again. Who cares about that guy? And I don't really want to talk about the charts right now. Just go back to the last episode. Check out those tunes I told you about. But what I really want to talk about is a segment that I do once in a great while. And uh, that's video game news. So let's get into some video game news. I want to play a game. want to play? <laughs> Resident Evil. Feel like a monster. All right. So what I want to talk about for this edition of video game news is Batman Arkham Origins. Okay. So you guys know on uh, the Puppet Master episode, I went ahead and uploaded a video on YouTube of where I open up the Batman Arkham Origins Collector's Edition or Special Edition, however you want to call it. Uh, I call it Special Uber Collector's Edition because there's so much crap in there. And just went through it all and just showed you everything, all the goodies you get for 130 bucks. It's so worth it. The 130 bucks, by the way, also includes tax. But I didn't talk about the actual game. I said I was going to save that for the next episode. So here we go. Uh, I've had about a good 12 hours to dive into this game. So I want to talk about the good stuff, the bad stuff, just overall. So as you guys know, Batman Arkham City is my favorite video game of all time. And I've been playing video games my whole life, ever since I was four years old. And of course, I get crap from people. Oh, well, how can a brand new game be your favorite game of all time? Shouldn't it be like Mario Brothers, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you know me and you know how much of a Batman fan I am and you've grown up with crappy Batman games and you finally get a game that uh, he looks fantastic, the fighting is awesome, the story is great, the weapons are great, the graphics are phenomenal. You know, you get Arkham Asylum and you're just blown away. And then you get City that totally murders that game and you're just like, wow, this is definitely top list. So with Origins, I had some definite worries. Number one, uh, we had a new company taking over. So Rocksteady was giving this over to Warner Brothers Montreal, but they gave them the code. So essentially they had everything to work with that they had in City and were able to do a couple different things. Uh, I like the premise. This takes place on Christmas Eve. This is Arkham Origins. So Batman's about two years in. Uh, of course, he makes a few mistakes. For example, uh, choking somebody out. He doesn't have that down pat. So you'll make some accidents where you're supposed to get information, accidentally choke somebody out, and boom. You're like, damn, I got to learn from that lesson. Uh, the guy that does the voice of Batman is a little bit different. Uh, we don't have the regular Kevin Conroy this time around. Uh, we have uh, Robert uh, Smith, I believe, is the guy, which if you are a fan of Resident Evil games, that would be Chris Redfield. He is the voice of Batman. And he does a perfect version of the Christian Bale slash Kevin Conroy voice. It's perfect. At first, I didn't think I was going to go along with it, but I really, really dig it because it's supposed to be a younger Batman, so he's trying to get things down in regards to his voice and stuff. This is also very raw Batman where he beats the living crap out of people where you're breaking bones and stuff because he doesn't realize how powerful he is. So it's very cool. It's definitely a raw Batman, a lot of cool gadgets. Uh, like I said, I'm about 12 hours in. Uh, I'm only 4% done. This game is twice the size of Arkham City. 
ridiculous how big this game is. Now, there's been some complaints that there's not people roaming around. Well, there's a curfew going on, so uh, people are supposed to be inside, so that's why you're dealing with criminals. I'm totally cool with not having cars drive around and not have people around because you know what? There's various places in the city where there's a severe blizzard going on, so you can only go to certain parts before you get knocked out by the blizzard. So it's very cool. You also have a bat wing that takes you throughout the city, but you have to unlock it in certain places because the Riddler, a.k.a. Uh, Enigma, he doesn't have that name yet, he blocks your communication off, so you have to kind of work your way into... Uh, going across the city with your bat wing. Otherwise, you just have to fly across the city. And it could take you 30 minutes, literally. It's crazy huge game. Now, the bad stuff, there's some bugs in this game. Now, there's no game that's perfect. Even Arkham City had a few bugs where you'd hit somebody and their head would go into a wall. Clearly, clearly when that wouldn't happen. So I'm okay with with game bugs. You know, sometimes it happens. You get stuck in limbo. Very rarely happens. But uh, essentially, the the bugs that you currently have with this one is, let's say you're jumping down a building, you might get stuck midair because the game is trying to save. So. Uh, or the cutscenes may be just like one of them may be delayed. So there's a there's a bug that they have to fix with like a cutscene. It mostly happens in the beginning of the game. So far, I haven't had any problems uh, after about the hour mark. But that's the slight bugs is that you may occasionally uh, have a freeze. But really, that's the only bad stuff. Now there uh, has been reviews that it pretty much is Arkham City 2, which I'm totally fine with because uh, because they do the same code. It's exactly like Arkham City, uh, but with various enemies. The enemies don't have as much guns. They're more like bats and stuff. So some people say that the game didn't take any risks. So if you're looking for risks, like you know where they changed the game of Arkham City, you may be disappointed. If you absolutely love Arkham City, you're going to love this game because it's just like Arkham City, except it's bigger. Uh, obviously, it takes place before Arkham City, so the places that were closed off in Arkham City are not in this game. They haven't been destroyed yet, so that's why the game is twice as big because you get to investigate all the crap that's been destroyed in Arkham City because hence it hasn't happened yet. I love the atmosphere with the uh, with the snow and the blizzards and then also there's a new crime scene that happens where you uh, rewind and fast forward crime scenes and you have to really take your time and examine the crime scene in order to find the object that you're looking for. So like I said, about 11 hours in, uh, this is the much information that I have. The game is huge. I'm like only 3 or 4% done. There's a crap load of challenges. Uh, you also get, if you have a PS3, you get the Nightfall uh, when Bane broke Batman's back and you got the new suit. You can have that in the game when you unlock it, but you can use it for all the challenges and stuff. You can also be Deathstroke. So good times. I'm loving it. Uh, I would say this at this point in the game. If you are a huge fan of Arkham City, you will be completely happy with this game. If you are a huge fan of Arkham City and you're looking for them to step up the game, then you may be disappointed because they essentially copied Arkham City and just expanded it. They didn't do anything new and fresh outside of giving you different weapons. But I dig it. I can, you know, I go along with it because I like having the prequel version. And the graphics look just as awesome as they did in Arkham City. It's a good time. So that's it, guys. Uh, I'll give you my full review of the game when I get done. I'll give you my star rating. 
Uh, obviously, for Arkham City, it would be a 10 out of 10. And I would give Arkham Asylum a 9.5 out of 10. At this point, for Arkham Origins, I'm riding on an 8.5 based on where I'm at. But I still have a lot more story to go. But if the game gets as better as I think it's going to, and I understand there's a twist with the Joker, it could match up to Arkham City. So, good times. So, that's it, guys, for movie and video game news. Let's get into our review of American Werewolf in London. This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on a night of the full moon. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? It could be a lot of things. Fate let one live. A lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. 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 John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. Excuse me. A naked American man stole my balloon. I'm a werewolf. An American werewolf in London. Something different. All right, guys, time to talk some American Werewolf in London. So I'm pretty excited to be talking about this because I love werewolf movies. And as you know, as I talked about on Silver Bullet, they're very, very hard to find. So kind of in my mind, uh, the tops are Silver Bullet, American Werewolf in London, Dog Soldiers. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that could possibly be it. Those are the top three right there. In most people's eyes, American Werewolf in London is the greatest werewolf movie there is. And that's, you know, if somebody was to say that to me, I would not argue that. Uh, You know, I've already stated my case on why Silver Bullet is my favorite. Not necessarily saying it's the best, but my favorite because of how much I, you know, seen it as a kid and and sympathize with Corey Haim's character and just kind of immerse myself into that movie. It's so much more relatable to a kid, obviously, because you're dealing with a kid in that movie. So this movie, 1981, and it's written and directed by John Landis. And this guy, of course, would make a famous music video one day by Michael Jackson called Thriller. We all know how big and crazy that music video got but we have uh the actors in this movie we have uh david Naughton, who plays david of course kind of funny david and david the uh, other actor in this movie is uh um, griffin dune who plays jack goodman now uh griffin is in a movie that i really really enjoy that most people may not know 
And that's a movie that's called, if you have the Ninja Turtles VHS, not the DVD, but if you have the first movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie on VHS, there's two commercials that played. One of them was a Pizza Hut commercial telling you to, you know, go to your local family Pizza Hut, you know, and had a turtle, you know, promotion. The second one is this preview that came on called Step Kids about this girl that's talking to the screen about how her uh, mother and father... Uh, how she has all these different brothers and sisters and different mothers and fathers. It's just crazy. And then this movie never came out. And he's actually in this movie. He plays the father to this girl, uh, the main father. And I could not find this movie forever until they renamed it to Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even. So very awesome movie. I dig it. But he is the dad in that movie. And he is excellent. He's uh, he's an artist and uh, he gets a lot of women pregnant, so he's a slut, basically. But good times, man. That's where I really love this guy in. Uh, of course, we have Jenny, who I'm not even going to attempt her last name because I'm just going to tear it apart. But she plays Nurse Alex Price. And, you know, essentially this movie had a budget of $10 bucks and had a box office big time, man, of $61 million. Because think about it. This came out in 1981. So this movie, especially being a horror movie, really... Um, you know, was very successful. The poster, we all know the poster, the two guys with their uh, coats and backpacks on and they're looking up at the moon and it says from the director of Animal House, uh, a different kind of animal, an American werewolf in London, a monster movie. That's what the poster says. So really our movie starts off and we got uh, our two main American college students who look way more, you know, older than college students, but we have David and we have Jack. They're backpacking across the uh, Yorkshire Moors. Uh, as darkness falls, they decide that they're going to stop at this local pub. The name of the place is called the Slaughtered Lamb. Of all the places to call your bar, that's the place you want to call it. Now, Jack notices there's this uh, five-pointed star that's on the wall. So when he asks about it, the pub, of course, becomes very quiet. Pub goers start acting very strange and hostile because they know what's going on. They just don't want to tell these guys uh, the truth. So they decide, you know, they're going to leave, but not before the others offer a piece of advice to beware the moon and keep off or keep to the road. So while conversating with each other and wonder, you know, wondering what they were talking about, they, of course, wander off the road and they head into the moors. Now we get this excellent, excellent scene which we will talk about in a little bit, but uh, Jack and David, they start hearing some howls. They seem to be getting closer. So they start to head back to the slaughter land when they realize that uh, they left the road and they're now lost. So, you know, the full moon comes out from behind the clouds and they remember the advice that they were given earlier. So, of course, the noises are starting to get closer and closer until, boom, they're stopped and attacked by the supernaturally large animal known as the werewolf. So, of course, it attacks both of them, um, ends up killing Jack, and then the animal gets shot and killed by a few of the pub go- uh, goers that you saw earlier in the film. Uh, the beast changes back into um, this naked guy, 
which you don't, you never know who this guy is. You know, would have been interesting to know. But you know, this is the story they're telling you is about these two guys. So they don't really want to go into the backstory. But David survives, and he's taken to a hospital in London. So David wakes up about three weeks later. Of course, he doesn't remember anything that happened. So David gets questioned by uh, kind of an arrogant inspector. The guy's name is Inspector Villers, and we also have. Um, more of an understanding guy, Sergeant McManus. Now these two, they they tell him that uh, you know him and Jack were supposedly attacked by this escape lunatic, but kind of triggers David's memory, and he's like, "No, man, we were attacked by a large wolf." But Villers has already been told that there were witnesses, and the autopsy report came back that it was a maniac. So he just decides that David is just suffering from shock. So at this point, David starts to have some crazy nightmares. At first, he runs through the woods, uh, and then he decapitates and eats a deer. It's real insane. The second one, um, he's in a hospital bed um, with, uh, he has like a big, nasty looking face. The final dream, um, he's at his home with his family and they get attacked by Nazis with monstrous faces wearing gas masks and having machine guns. So just real crazy violent stuff. So, of course, um, things get real insane in this movie because they they change up the lore a little bit with werewolves. Um, We have Jack coming back as a reanimated corpse. Basically, comes to visit Dave and explain to him that they were both attacked by a werewolf. And that stated David himself now is a werewolf because he survived. Uh, and Jack tells David, you know what, dude? You got to kill yourself before the next moon. Because not only is Jack cursed uh, you know, to exist in a state of living death for as long as the bloodline of the werewolf that attacked him survives. But he's also trying to tell him that you know, David uh, you know, is inflicted and is going to create victims, you know. So, you know, you're going to kill people. You're not even going to know it. So kill yourself. So then we have David's doctor, you know, wants to see if he's telling the truth. So he takes a trip up to the slaughtered lamb. So he asks about the incidents and, of course, the pub goers, you know, they deny any knowledge of knowing David, Jack, or, of course, the attacker. But one of the guys uh, speaks to the doctor outside the pub and says, you know, David should not have been taken away, that he and everyone else will be in danger when he changes. So he's interrupted by another guy who remains silent. So after some more investigation, you know, the doctor finds out that the police reports were quote unquote misplaced. So David's wounds were cleaned and dressed before he was even looked at by the authorities. So the doctor's convinced that the whole town was just lying and that David was indeed attacked by some sort of animal. Though he's not convinced, it's a werewolf. So it's pretty cool we actually have a doctor who's not all like, ah, it's supernatural, you know, whatever, it's a bunch of crap. We actually have a doctor who's just like, yeah, I'm going to go along with this series. So that's kind of a nice, cool twist. Now, before David gets released from the hospital, uh, him and a a young nurse, uh, Nurse Alex Price, they pretty much become infatuated with each other so much so that he ends up moving in with her after he gets out of the hospital. And, you know, they make love for the first time and all this and that. So everything seems like it's all good. So Jack, uh, in... He's looking really bad, man. He's got some major decay going on and stuff. But he appears you know, to David again and tells him that you're going to turn into a werewolf tomorrow. And Jack you know, again advises David, man, you got to kill yourself. You don't want to be this monster. And you know, he's doomed to kill innocent people. And those people are going to become the living dead just like him. So, of course, we get the full moon rises. And David's all alone in the apartment. And 
Oh, man. Then we get the craziest transformation scene ever. Dude gets in some excruciating pain, and he's stripped out naked because he's burning up because he's on fire, and he starts to turn into a werewolf, and you just see bro, you know, broken bones. You know, We'll talk about it when we get there, but essentially, dude turns into a werewolf, so he starts to prowl the streets, goes to the London Underground, uh, and he, man, he slaughters six people that night. So he wakes up in the morning, he's naked on the floor of a wolf cage in the London Zoo, course has no memory of what happened to him and of course when he wakes up it's in a you know resident wolf cage and he's of course unharmed so now david realizes that jack was right about everything and that you know that david was responsible for all the murders that happened the night before so he tries to get himself arrested but of course it doesn't work out and david decides he's going to call his family back in new york to say goodbye but he only gets a hold of his little sister so he walks out of the phone booth you know, failing to slit his wrist with a pocket knife. Uh, David spots Jack and even more craziness decay outside of this adult cinema. So inside the cinema are the victims that David had attacked. They're hanging out with Jack. And they all insist that he must commit suicide before turning into a werewolf again. So while talking with them, uh, night falls and David again turns to a werewolf and goes out on another killing spree. So uh, after bursting out of, you know, the adult cinema, uh, he bites off uh, inspector's head in the process, of course, um, which then David just ultimately um, gets cornered in an alley by the police. Uh, Alex arrives just in time to try to calm him down, tell him that she loves him. But he tries to attack, gets killed. And the movie ends. And you're just like, whoa, what a crazy ending. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So that's essentially everything that happened in this movie. Now, it seems like there's a lot that happened, but it was pretty fast. The movie's only like 97 minutes. And I like these movies that are fast, man. They get to the point. You got beginning, middle, and end. Don't mess around. And unlike Puppet Master, these people are actually people you care about. It's an interesting story, easy to follow, and it's simple. That's. Have you guys noticed the trend that we've seen this month the movies that are simple are the ones that work and the ones that are just more complicated they get lower ratings you know that's just kind of how it works you know right off the bat the first half of this movie is just really awesome you know these two start off and they go into the pub and it's kind of got a nice comedic feel to it you know it's just kind of like eh, you kind of feel like you're watching peewee's big adventure you know where he kind of goes in the bar and doesn't really know what what to do and chaos kind of ensues but you know these guys give these guys the same look that peewee gets in peewee's big adventure and i'm i'm bringing that up i know it's a bad reference but i just watched that movie but you know it's just kind of cool you know that these guys know what's going on with the werewolves and stuff but these guys kind of make jokes but when things get really going man is when these two are walking and i just love this setup man the lighting is excellent uh, you you hear the wolf howling just kind of far away and it starts to get closer and then they realize how screwed they are. I mean, they, they hear that first howl and Jack's like, holy crap. And of course, he doesn't say that. What was that? You know, and they're just like, let's get out of here. Where? Anywhere. And I'm telling you, man, when Jack gets attacked by the werewolf and you see David take off, it's kind of hilarious, but you're you're just like you're scared at the same time because we all know fear is very powerful. So fear instantly takes over him. He sees him getting attacked and he just bolts. And at first, I can't help but laugh because it's just so funny. He's like, "Oh my god!" And he just takes off, and then he's just like, 
oh, I can't leave him behind. You know, that's my friend. And it's like, it's too little too late by that point. Not like really it would have helped him staying, but it's just, it's, it's real. It's a scene that's real. Even though we're dealing with a movie that deals with a werewolf, it's like you're with your best friend and your best friend gets attacked by a big monster are you going to stay back and help them or are you going to bolt off? You know, it's something that you don't know until you're in that situation. So just the way it was shot and done is just, it was so funny. But man, that wolf attack, this scene is my favorite. It's not the best scene, but it's my favorite because it's, you feel so bad because once Jack gets attacked and David runs off, you're kind of laughing, but you're like, oh my gosh, this scene is just crazy. And uh, I like how they shoot the werewolf, man, where the werewolf is just tearing him apart, but you don't really see him too much. And then he goes back and then he gets attacked and then the guy gets shot and obviously no silver bullets are needed in this movie. But this scene is just great. Now, let's talk about the werewolf. Okay, so as you know, the silver bullet werewolf is my favorite werewolf out of all the werewolves that there are. I've given my reasons for it. Uh, the biggest reason behind it is the actual difference in the face. You know, uh, every time it gets hit or it just it can change its cheeks and its eyes and its face. It just it has so much emotion. Now, this werewolf is essentially a werewolf that's on, you know, four legs you know, it doesn't stand up like most werewolf movies do. This werewolf looks really scary. It's just a, it's just what it is. It's just a big wolf. Um, my only thing I could really complain about with this thing is the face is always the same the whole entire movie. That's the only bad thing I can say. 1981, I'm not going to complain too bad. 2000, you know, the early, late 2000s, when you guys could easily move this crap around and you give me crappy faces like Cursed and other random werewolf movies I watched and the face remains the same, that's uncalled for. This movie, I can forgive. But the werewolf is, this is probably my second favorite werewolf uh, out of all werewolves there are, this is probably my second favorite because it is so scary looking. It looks awesome. But the only bad thing I could say about it is it has the same exact face the whole entire time. and never changes any sort of emotional or changes its face or cheeks or anything like the werewolf and silver bullet does. But again, easily forgivable. Uh, now, I really dig the characters we have here. Of course, Jack and David. Very cool. Very fun. I dig the nurse. Even the cops are really cool. I think my favorite line in this whole movie is... Uh, when David is uh, first became a werewolf and outside and takes the kid's balloon, that American, that naked American man stole my balloon. You know that's always funny. Now, uh, you know, from when David gets attacked up until we get the transformation, it's pretty fast. You know, it's good story. It, it it moves along really smooth. I dig it. I especially like the investigation where the doctor wants to go back to the pub, check it out, and actually gets the truth. I just like this doctor. It's cool. You know, most doctors wouldn't do this, but this guy is actually believing the story that David's telling. It's pretty cool. You kind of, you don't see this type of character in most of these movies. Everybody's just like, yeah, whatever. It's a werewolf. It's a stupid idea and it's not until they get attacked by a werewolf where they finally know what's going on uh but the i would say the worst scene in the movie for me involves this doctor and it's when his head gets ripped off and it's supposed to be a scary scene but just the way that it's shot was the only time where i'm like uh i could easily tell that that was a puppet biting some guy's head off 
it just, it, I don't know, it just fell flat for me. It's the only scene that, you know, and, and considering the fact the scene itself is only like, I don't know, three seconds long. It's not saying anything bad against the movie. It's just the only time where I was taken out with the werewolf. For the most, like, my favorite werewolf shot is in the subway. That scene is just shot brilliantly when the werewolf is just tracking that guy down and you get the point of view shot. But the best shot, one of my favorite shots in all of movies, I never forget this shot, is the faraway shot from on top of the escalator. And you see the guy crawling backwards and you get the slow moving werewolf creeping up on him amazing shot you know uh jason always talks about how the shot in halloween where tommy doyle looks outside the window and sees michael myers across the street it's one of his favorite shots in cinema which i agree with that's a phenomenal shot this is another one of those shots for me uh it's like in my top five of favorite shots of all time is this particular one it just it looks so good it looks so scary it's suspenseful it just everything just is magic in that scene. I love that one. Now, let's talk about the best scene of the whole entire movie. No doubt about it. You obviously know what scene I'm talking about, and that's the transformation scene. I make no debate about it. I don't care what anybody says. This is by far the best transformation scene you will ever see in a werewolf movie. It is great. I mean, especially when he's just like talking about how he's in agonizing, you know, he's just burning up and takes his clothes off and they actually show male nudity for, you know, which doesn't usually happen in movies. And you just see this guy's bones just breaking and and things just his body metamorphosing into another, into an animal and just the claws coming out of his fingers and you just see the feet and just, oh man. It is so amazing. It's so creepy. It still looks phenomenal to this day. I can't say anything bad about this scene. This is just like, it feels like if this if werewolves were for real, this is exactly what it would be like and how a transformation would go down for real. Not this simple CGI crap that they do in Underworld and all those other movies. It'd be this one here, man. This is how it would be. This is why you would never want to be a werewolf. Uh, So, and also I kind of like how they changed the mythology a little bit in this movie. No silver bullets, regular bullets can kill you. Um, You know, just, they don't, this movie's simple. It tells a story of two guys hanging out in London. They get attacked. What happens? Movie's over. They don't try to go in all the mumbo jumbo, try to confuse you and and give you all this lore. How did this person become a werewolf? So kind of like Silver Bullet, you know, Silver Bullet didn't. How did Reverend Lowe become a werewolf? They don't go into that. You know, you use your imagination. That's the fun of horror movies is they, these movies back in the day, they, they left imagination open for you to interpret and put your own spin on things. You know, you can think of how the first guy in the beginning became a werewolf and so on and so forth. So that's the beauty of these old school movies, man, is all it's all up to you on how you want to interpret it, which is pretty cool. So the middle half is, of course, excellent with the transformation. And then, you know, that subway scene happens uh, because of this. And uh, it's just crazy, man. I, I really I really dig this movie. And of course, the ending, you know, is just it's just crazy when. He goes out and, and he attacks those people. Now, of course, this is at the point in the movie where we see the werewolf in full-blown uh, movement. You know, we see the werewolf just, uh, it may look funny to you. You may go along with it. You may not. But like I said, the only bad shot for me 
was when he rips the guy's head off. It, I don't know. Just the way it looked, it always rubbed me the wrong way. It was the only time it really took me out. But again, it lasts three seconds. Not really a big deal. And it's cool, man, when you get the ending here uh, of just like uh, when she tries to talk to David, you know, is he going to change, you know, and he kind of thinks for a second, then he's going to attack her and then he gets smoked. And then when the movie ends, you're just like, well, what's up with the story? You know, are, are we going to give any after story to this uh, movie? And, and that's the thing. You don't need it. This is about a story of two guys that that go in London. And you notice the movie starts off with them going to London and the movie ends with him leaving London. This is the only way for him to leave London was to get killed. And that's it. You know, the rest, again, is in your imagination. So uh, some of the other fun stuff in this movie, you would think the um, the adult theater scene would be kind of weird. But somehow it works, you know, just the way that it's it's done. And it, again, it this movie has a very dark humor to it. Uh, I like to call back to the my favorite scene where, you know, Jack gets attacked. When David just takes off and he starts running, I can't help but laugh for a few seconds because it's it's such a scary thing. I mean, horror movies make you laugh or can make can make you laugh and be terrified at the same exact time. And I can't help but laugh at that scene because it's just like, oh my gosh, he's so scared he's running away. And same thing with this, you know, just hanging out in a, you know, a porn theater, just having a conversation that turns into a bloodbath. It just, there's some sick twisted humor to it that just somehow works. It's hard to explain, but it just works. You know, the, the way that Jack looks in this movie with just decay, the makeup effects are just fantastic. I mean, you, you honestly, if someone was to tell you this movie, if they were to say, what, what year is this movie made in? Most people wouldn't say 1981. They'd probably say late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, you honestly could get, it looks like that. Give this movie a remastered, excellent looking Blu-ray edition, man. You probably would be like, oh man, this movie just came out a few years ago. That's just how solid this movie really is. So I don't want to cut the review too short, but essentially I mean, I touched on all the stuff that I really wanted to talk about. Um, There's a lot of good one-liners, of course, but this movie just overall is fantastic. So here's the deal. Uh, You guys know that Silver Bullet is my favorite werewolf movie of all time. Always has, always will be. This movie is definitely number two. And if if people come up to me and say American Werewolf in London is the greatest horror movie of all time, I will not argue and say, no, that's not it. It's Silver Bullet. I'll just simply say, yeah, you know, it probably is the greatest. But for me, Silver Bullet's my my favorite for a couple different various reasons. But, you know, if I was to look at my rating here, I mean, do I really have any problems in I have a little problem with the head being bitten off that was just like, you know, it easily was forgivable. It's really hard to not give this movie five stars. I mean, it really is. This movie is just that good. The story is solid. The acting is solid. All the characters are great. The makeup effects look fantastic. The transformation scene is excellent. The werewolf looks very good. Outside of my nitpick about the face and the, uh, you know, how it doesn't have the same, you know, emotion uh, and can move its face like the silver bullet werewolf. Uh, you know, I gave Silver Bullet five stars just because it was my favorite and emotionally. Uh, I'm so emotionally attached to the characters is why it, it ranks it that high for me with this movie. I may not love Jack and David as much as I love Marty and uncle red and Jane, 
But this movie is still solid. It's it's very fast. The story is very simple. The characters are sympathetic. There's some excellent, terrifying scenes. Just that that beginning uh, attack scene. The subway scene is a scene you're never going to see again. Um, the ending is just kind of like, wow. It's just kind of crazy. So, yeah, I would give this one five stars. This movie is great. I can't really say anything bad about it. I really do love it. For me, Silver Bullet 1 and American World for London, not even a two, more like maybe one A and then one B. I mean, it's like these are the two for me. Those are the two best werewolf movies there ever will be. They're not going to get any better than that. So it's fantastic, and I'm really glad that I started off with an excellent movie and ended with an excellent movie. And for the most part, this Oktoberfest we had some really good movies that we got to talk about, and and it was definitely fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed this movie as much as I did. It was definitely great to revisit this classic and just, you know, it was just excellent good times. So that's it, guys, for my review. So let's hear what the STL Nation had to say. All right, so we only got one email for this one, and that's from Time Traveling Peter. And I'm recording this on a Tuesday. It's the 29th, so happy anniversary, sir. Good times. Hope you had a good one. So here is what Time Traveling Peter had to say. Greetings, Masunis and Nestel Nation. Here we wrap up Oktoberfest with the classic. This is yet another one I haven't seen, so this will be a perspective from a newbie. I like the opening of the movie and the scene where David and Jack go to the pub. Uh, talk about awkwardness. It's funny how Jack didn't get the clue that they weren't welcome there. So after they take off, they get attacked. I was really shocked to see Jack get murdered in the beginning. I was thinking, wait, isn't this the guy in the cover box too? All the kills were really great. If any of you know anything about me, I love practical effects. I thought David's nightmares were all creepy. I like how Jack kept uh, deteriorating every time, uh, deteriorating every time we see him, even till he just, until uh, he's just like a skeleton in an adult theater. I liked how this was a horror movie with some comedy. It reminds me a little of Shaun of the Dead, which of course Shaun of the Dead would come after this, so it's kind of like pulling from American World for London, but I get what you're saying. The acting was pretty good, but the ones that really stood out was David, the doctor, and the nurse Alex, which of course they should. They're the three main stars. Mike, I'm sorry, but I do like this more than Silver Bullet. Hey, that's cool, sir. Uh, again, I'm not going to complain if this is your favorite uh, werewolf movie, but hey, uh, we're all we all can be wrong sometimes. Overall, I give this movie 4.25 stars. Hopefully, later the nation can vote on movies you'd enjoy. As fun as it was to hear you rip on Puppet Master, I'd rather hear you enjoy the movie you're discussing. Until next time, Peter the Time Traveler, which is true, sir. Uh, it's I definitely felt bad on that episode. But um, hopefully you guys didn't hate it too much. And I got a little special bonus that he added to his email. Uh, His son actually checked out the podcast and and sent in an email. So here's what he said. Hi, Mike. Over the weekend after listening to your podcast, I watched the Scream and Child's Play series. I enjoyed them both, but like Scream a little bit more just because it seems more realistic that two psychopaths go on a killing spree 
rather than a serial killer trapped in a doll's body, which of course is true, sir. Uh, the movie that I like the most is definitely the first screen because of the awesome acting jobs by the cast. My favorite scene was when Billy and Stu revealed that they were ghostface to Sydney. Rating them, I would, uh, I would think the average for screen would be four and a half out of five, and Child's Play series would be four out of five. Wow. Have a happy Halloween, Phoenix, the time traveler's son. So thank you, Phoenix. For writing in good times. So I guess you're officially part of the STL Nation. We all know what happens when we get a new member of the STL Nation. Banzai, Daniel-san! Hey, Banzai! 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 <laughs> now I know I should have done that before... I read his email, but hey, it's okay. I can break the rules a little bit. So uh, that is it for emails. Thanks so much for writing in, Peter. I know uh, I kind of gave you guys a limited time to write in on this, but I wanted to make sure I got this episode recorded so that way I could go ahead and get it released on Halloween for you like I promised. So uh, why don't we go ahead and get into the music spotlight. Here comes the ready and now. All right. Now, if you listen to the last episode on the music spotlight, I was going to uh, put that song born on Halloween on this one since I'm releasing it on Halloween coming out on Halloween. But I told you I had my reasons for changing it. Well, I'd be stupid not to play Michael Jackson's Thriller because I just talked about that earlier. The same director of American World for London, John Landis, directed the music video to Michael Jackson's Thriller, which arguably in most people's eyes is the greatest music video of all time so arguably the greatest werewolf movie with the greatest music video it seems hand in hand and and ends the stl Oktoberfest with a bang so of course i i had to change it up and use that as the last song in the halloween theme based music uh spotlight so that's it guys for the episode i've had a blast this october a lot of episodes but next month is just going to be very simple very low-key and very laid back. Since I went ahead and did so many episodes this time around next month, I'm just going to do some comedies. Uh, one in particular is all I want to do. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Been thinking about doing it for a while. Of course, Thanksgiving is next month. And Jameson absolutely loves that movie. So the only movie we have planned for next month is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I have no idea when we're doing it. But we're going to get together, we're going to record, and that's probably going to be the only movie review that I do next month. I may throw up a vote for a few comedies this for you guys to vote on. It all depends on how I feel. Like I said, I need at least a week off just to recuperate from all these podcasts, and I still have to record a Shadowy Flight episode and get that over to Jason. So yeah, man, it's been super fun though, but next month... Um, I am going to do two underground hour episodes though. Just number one, they don't take me that long. And number two, uh, I'm going to be doing the top 10 Aerosmith tunes. And then today I decided to finally do that top 10 Kelly Clarkson, uh, top 10 list. That's going to be super fun as well. And then maybe a regular underground hour episode, but all in all next month for sure. Planes, trains, and automobiles is by far definitely going to happen. Uh, the underground hours probably going to happen, and I may throw up a vote for another comedy to do. I figure with all the horror movies we've done, we definitely got to lighten it up and have some laughs. So might as well do a comedy. 
And uh, yeah, so if you guys want to write in for any movie that I've talked about this month or planes, trains, and automobiles, make sure you write in to sweepdelaypodcast at yahoo.com or stlpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to go on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com slash sweepdelaypodcast. Go ahead and like that sucker. Uh, go on Twitter at STL Podcast. If you're on iTunes, um, thank you guys so much for all the iTunes reviews. The podcast is sitting currently at uh, 28 reviews with uh, five stars. It's amazing. Thank you guys so much for building that thing up. It's been great. If you haven't left an iTunes review and you want to write a positive one, that would be excellent. That'd be an awesome Thanksgiving present. Good times. So, and I still have that website that I'm working on to get up to you guys. It takes a while to build a website, and to be honest with you, I haven't worked on it for quite a while. But that's my plan. Is maybe in some downtime to work on that. But I'm beat, guys. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a super great Oktoberfest. Hopefully next year we'll pick a new theme or a whole bunch of other movies and just kill it, man. Good times. So. You guys have a good one. I'll catch you on the next episode, whenever that may be. So you guys have a good one. Take care. Masunas out.
close at hand Creatures crawl in search of blood To terrorize your neighborhood And whosoever shall be found Without the soul for getting down Must stand and face the hounds of hell And rot inside a corpse's shell Ha, 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 ha.